Welcome back to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. Over the past few weeks, I've had some very experienced sailors on the program, some single-handed circumnavigators with many sea miles. But I like to get different perspectives on the show. This week, we're talking to a young couple whose YouTube video I stumbled across recently. They're based in Santa Cruz, and they have a new boat, and they're just figuring it out, and their video brought back so many memories of when I had a new-to-me boat, figuring out the diesel engine, and the plumbing system, and the electrical system, and when it was all new to me, a bit overwhelming, but also very exciting. And so I reached out to them to hear more about their story and what inspired them to follow their own dream of sailing around the world and get a perspective from that beginning of the journey. Their names are Trev Hope and Lizzie Shipton, and they recently bought a 43-foot Morgan Center cockpit, and this is their story. Let's um, jump in with you guys introducing yourselves. Sure. I'm Lizzie, and I am uh, the first mate, I guess, on SB Loki. Uh, my name is Trevor, and I am the captain of SV Loki. I've been, I don't know, sailing for probably five or six years now. And uh, yeah, super excited to get out there. Yeah, I awesome. I have very little sailing experience, but I am I'm like learning as we go. We also have our third crew member. She's outside right now, but uh, Aloy, our dog, is she's not a very useful crew member, but she's a crew member. She's a supportive crew yeah, member. Yeah, exactly. How does she like being on the boat? Uh, she's actually doing pretty well with it. She's uh, she's pretty unsteady on her feet because our decks are very slippery. Um, so she'll like try to kind of walk around at inopportune moments. Um, we're trying to get her to like settle in one corner of, of the cockpit as opposed to like trying to walk around while we're underway. Um, but we took her out for sale last Wednesday and we thought it was pretty calm out and then we got out there and it, it ended up being like pretty windy and we were healed over pretty far and I was kind of like, holding on to the dodger with one hand and had my hand like wrapped around Aloy and then she's like trying to hold her in place and so she's not sliding all over. So we're, it's a it's a challenge but we're we're figuring it out. <laughs> all figuring it out together. Yeah. Well, we will get to SV Loki in a moment mm. about that I think is fairly new to you guys, but I want to back up and ask you how you got to this point. You're both relatively new sailors. Mm -hmm. uh, Trev, you said you've been sailing for four or five years or so yeah i take that back i think what? it's more like eight years but... yeah i think it's okay. longer too. <laughs> all right how'd you get into it and how did it bring you to the point of not only buying a boat but living aboard it uh if you want to go way back i started sailing in the uc santa cruz sailing program as a kid doing like summer camp type stuff and then uh fell out of it for a really long time throughout high school and uh, we both went to college in San Diego, and I learned that you could basically 
take a, a keelboat sailing class for credit, which sounded really fun to me. So I ended up taking a class at the Mission Bay Aquatic Center in San Diego. And from there, got a job there, ended up teaching there, became a keelboat instructor, kept meeting new people and ended up racing a fair amount in San Diego. And from there, I spent two summers uh, working as a skipper in the Mediterranean. So it sounds like when you got into, you got into a pretty quickly and heavily. What was it about it that attracted you to it? Oh, man, I don't know. There's just something something about it that I find really, really enjoyable. Just that feeling of being out on the water and you're just, you know, under sail power alone. Being able to like reach new new destinations by by sail is a really cool feeling to me. And I just enjoy all the little the other little aspects. I love driving the boats. I love trimming the sails. Um, I love the physics of sailing. It's just all like a really cool package, you know? Yeah. And Lizzie, mm-hmm. did you know Trevor at that point when he got into it or when you met him, did was it something that you knew he was into? How did you get introduced to it? No, yeah. So we met before we actually met in Santa Cruz before we moved to San Diego. And we were both musicians. <laughs> we were both musicians at that point. So that's kind of how we met. And then he got this job at the Mission Bay Aquatic Center. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, you really like sailing. I never knew this before. He just like took to it and went with it. And I was like, cool, that's, that's great. I'm super supportive. And I think while you were in Croatia, while he was in Croatia, that was the first summer that he worked abroad, um, skippering over there. And we were talking on the phone one day, and, and uh, I think we were talking about maybe moving back to Santa Cruz from San Diego, and we, we weren't really sure how we would afford a house here, because it's quite expensive. And, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I'm so into the sailing thing. Like, what if we lived on a boat instead? And I was like, all right, because I am kind of just like down for whatever. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do it. I didn't at that point have really any sailing experience. I have a little bit more now just sort of being around boats and learning what I've learned so far. But for me, it was more like, yeah, that sounds fun. Like that sounds like a great adventure and and a great way to travel and see the world. And so, yeah, I was I was I was on board. That's awesome. I think that attitude is probably 90 percent of it right there. Just being willing to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so how long was it between you guys deciding, okay, we're going to buy a boat and live on it. First of all, was that how the decision was made on the, on the phone there? And <laughs> you were like, okay, and then you're like, all right, let's go for it? No. Or were there more conversations? There was a lot more conversations. Um, I mean, it's funny. I, I think we both, <laughs> we both really liked the idea of that, but maybe didn't think it was very practical. But at the same time, we just kind of kept looking over the course of like, three years maybe of just on and off you know searching yacht world searching craigslist tell me what you were looking for after a while we both kind of came to the agreement that we wanted a center cockpit monohull because we liked the idea of having the extra stateroom that the center cockpit gives you and so we kind of narrowed it down to that pretty early on and stuck with it for a long time yeah 
And from there, it was just finding a boat that was, I mean, we also, I think the price range was a, a big thing for us too. It was like, you know, we wanted a boat, or at least I wanted a boat that was going to be big enough that we could live on it comfortably because we're going to live on it full time. But, you know, it was a, a reasonable price point for the size we wanted. And, and yeah, the center cockpit obviously was, was a big one. And no teak decks. That was another, that was another, mm, that was another mm-hmm, point. Yeah. But it's funny you say that because I remember being pretty convinced like that day on the phone. <laughs> I was like, yep, let's do it in my mind. Maybe, maybe you had some more reservations, but I was, I was all about it. And tell me about Loki. Tell me about that. She's a Morgan, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she fits that description of having a center cockpit and the aft cabin. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I guess we were coming home from sailing so Trev's parents also sail they have a they have a boat down in Ventura and we were coming back from like you know a few days of sailing around the Catalina Islands with them I just was looking on Yacht World because I was like oh man I'm, I really want a boat and I just stumbled across this listing I think it had only been listed for like two hours at that point and I just was like huh this one looks good, and I sent it. I sent and an it was email. in the Santa Cruz Harbor. It was in the Santa Cruz Harbor. That was a big, oh, wow. a very small marina, like not a lot of boats. So that was kind of a, a surprise. Yeah, to to see because we looked at a lot of boats. We had looked at boats in Hawaii and Seattle and Mauritius, I think, at one point, and just you know wow. hadn't seen anything that we you know that was close like that. And that was definitely a big selling point. Like it's here. It's, you know, it's, it's available now. And literally the next day I called the broker and I was like, can we look at this boat? And yeah, I think at at that point it just happened very quickly. We walked through it and we both were kind of like, yeah, this feels like our boat. Like this feels really good. Now you guys make some videos online. You started making um, mm-hmm. <laughs> some videos about the experience, and, and and I noticed in one of the videos you talk about borrowing equipment from the former owner. So tell me about your relationship with the whoever was selling it. Uh, it's been really great, actually. Yeah, um, he's awesome. He, he's a really nice guy. Uh, lives here in Santa Cruz. He took um, his sons or his family down to Baja last year I think yeah and so he only got back to Santa Cruz like six months ago maybe but yeah he's just been really friendly and super helpful with going over systems on the boat he did a lot of work on it himself so it's been you know really helpful to be able to just call him or text him and ask him a question Um, and he lent us a uh, a hookah or you know a what do you call it a Air breathing compressor. apparatus, yeah. a breathing air compressor. Uh, yeah, scuba yeah, hookah. Yeah, yeah. That we were able to borrow and and use to try and clean the bottom of the boat. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he ended up wanting it back, so we weren't able to buy it off him. But we're on the lookout for our own now. Yeah. Tell me about some of the surprises of, of boat ownership, because uh, learning to sail is, is only one aspect mm-hmm. of, uh, of uh, owning a boat. So I think for me personally, like one of the first times we walked through the boat or or actually maybe it was like pretty soon after we bought the boat and I I like opened the door to the engine room because it has a really nice engine room and it's beautiful in there and everything's really accessible and wonderful. I like I opened the door and I was just like, 
oh my god, I don't know how any of this stuff actually works. I am going to have to learn how to actually use all this stuff, which we are definitely. Um, I think, yeah, when it comes to like maintaining the engine and systems and things like that, I was very, maybe a little naive and not really realizing like how much I didn't know. But it's also exciting to be like, wow, you know, you know, I'm going to learn all this. I'm going to know how to do all this, which is which is pretty cool. Um, another thing that personally I've been struggling with is the uh, the head and the holding tank because they are, I guess, notoriously difficult to maintain and keep clean and keep smell free on a boat. So that's that's one mm. thing that we've been we've been dealing with. Yeah, you're living in a small space uh-huh. near your toilets. Yeah. Not always the most pleasant smell. Yeah, but we're actually we're very lucky. The boat. Um, the former owner turned one of the heads, the head that goes off of the uh, stateroom, into a little workshop. So he actually pulled out the head and, and all the plumbing in there, and he turned it into just a little area where you store all your tools. And we kind of have a lot of storage in there now, which is great because, you know, A, we now have space to work on stuff, and B, it doesn't smell like right in our stateroom, which is which is actually really nice. Personally, I, w- I would always prefer a little workspace to a, to a second head. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how it works having company on board, but I think it'll be fine. Tell me a little bit about your plans. We're having our first uh, weekend away this weekend. We're going to sail down to Monterey for the night. Uh, But beyond that, we're hoping to head down south by next June. We have a tentative date of June 16th at this point. Everyone keeps telling us to just pick a date and stick with it and... Make sure you leave on that date because life gets in the way. Uh, But yeah, we're just going to head south and take our time. We have family in San Diego, so I'd probably like to spend some time there. And then, yeah, just take our time going down the Pacific coast of Baja. Um, I feel like a lot of people have a tendency to rush that part of the journey, but it seems like one of the cooler parts to me because it's kind of just very remote and looks really beautiful cruise around the Sea of Cortez and see how much money we have left and <laughs> and uh, maybe restock at that point. That'll be about almost a year after you bought the boat, yeah. right? Didn't you buy her in June? Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the plan. We originally were going to set off in October of next year, but I think we're getting, a, we're both just like, we really both want to go, you know? And so I think June, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for June. What do you feel like you have to accomplish before then? You must have a list. There's always a list of things that have to get done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple things that we need to do on the boat. We're replacing the existing toilet head with uh, a composting toilet. Mm. And yeah, we're going to see how that works. Project. And then, yeah, we just need to upgrade some of the electronics. Like the our wind instruments aren't working currently. The radar is like really, really old. Um, and barely functioning so we need to do that we need to buy a new dinghy and motor yeah still a couple expensive purchases uh... and then beyond that uh, I just feel like we need to reach a certain level of comfort actually sailing the boat together in order for me to feel safe when we want to leave and how do you plan on doing that practice (laughs) (laughs) lots of practice yeah uh 
you know, we're going sailing down to Monterey, I think is a good little practice run. Um, we haven't actually got to do too much sailing, just the two of us, because we've had friends and family that have been really excited to, to have a boat in Santa Cruz <laughs> and are, have been wanting to go out. So yeah, just, we need to like, <laughs> I, that reminds me of the, on your first video and you're complaining that all your friends came and oh, nobody no brought, brought beer. Yeah, right? <laughs> they, I thought, I thought everyone knew that rule. First rule of joining somebody on a sailboat. <laughs> so yeah, we just need to dedicate dedicate some time to um, sailing, just the two of us, and make sure that we're each comfortable driving the boat, working the sails, reefing the sails. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, at the moment we have a fairly good system. Like when we sail just the two of us, I usually manage the dock lines and stuff because pulling out of our dock is actually a little bit of a uh, tricky situation yeah. because one side we're on the very end and on the on the port side is a just a cement wall, so mm. it's always a little. Um, yeah, we're actually in like a what do you call the inside? It's like, a catamaran slip, I think. Inside tie, uh, yeah, in the Santa Cruz Harbor, are all they're all for a catamaran, so they're extra shallow. You don't get a dock on both sides. So maneuvering in and out has been definitely a bit of a learning curve. But it's good because I feel it's an, like... It's not an, like I wouldn't want to have to learn how to drive the boat in and out of there. So we, I feel like we need to have Lizzie practice at like the fuel dock and a couple other places before even getting into our own slip. Yeah. Just because it's really challenging and yeah. the concrete wall is not super forgiving. But if we can do, if we can do it there, then we can do it anywhere, you know? Yeah, like, yeah it's good practice. Yeah. And how do you think about the um, aspect of shorthanded sailing when it's just the two of you and you're off for longer stints? Yeah, well, that's funny. I was going to say, I think my little brother is angling to tr to try and come with us. He keeps kind of like coming down and uh, making himself at home, which is great. We love having him aboard. But So I have considered like for some longer passages, it might be nice to have a third person for splitting up watches a little bit more in a little bit of a nicer way. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that we need to practice and, and figure out. I think the only way you can really like learn how to run a boat is to just do it and, and run it together and get into the routines and figure out who's doing what at what time. I feel like we're pretty lucky also in that we have a not too challenging beginning portion of the journey. We have... From here down to Southern California, you can make some pretty short passages. You know, it's no like multi-day sales or, or crazy overnight sales, apart from maybe going around Point Conception at night to avoid the wind. But yeah, we're just going to take it slow and, and not do anything that we're uncomfortable with until, until we're ready. Lizzie, you were mm -hmm. gung-ho about living on the boat. What's been your reaction since moving aboard? What do you like? What don't you like? And then I'll ask the same of Trev. So we haven't actually moved aboard yet. We're still, okay. we have still a little small apartment here. Um, and we, we just go down to the boat all the time and take it out. Still, I, you know, I'm sure there will be some like shocks to the system. But so far, you know, like when we've spent the night aboard and we've anchored out a couple of times, um, I, I really enjoy it. I'm sure that... <laughs> There will be difficult, difficult things about it. I'm already anticipating, especially having a dog, like getting her to shore and stuff like to 
take mm-hmm. a walk or whatever. Like everything just gets, you know, exponentially more difficult, certainly. But I mean, that's, you know, that's like part of it, right? That's, that's why you do it. Yeah. Figuring out those challenges. Yeah. That leads me to my next question. I know you guys don't have a dinghy right now. You have a kayak. Mm-hmm. Do you take the dog back and forth in the inflatable kayak? No, not, or- not yet. <laughs> No, that's been okay. one of our hang-ups so far that's kind of preventing us from making any kind of longer journeys with the dog is that we don't really have any good way to, to get her around. She's a little she she's a little nervous. there in the background. Yeah, I know. You heard that? <laughs> um, yeah, she's a little nervous. She's a rescue, so I just don't think she'd do super well in the inflatable kayak. So headed south, do you have you made some other friends there who you could go with or you can just push off on your own we considered going with the baja haha mm-hmm. um there are a couple of instagrams so there's an instagram account that we follow and i think they have a youtube channel as well called sv avocet who are also from santa cruz um and they are down near ventura right now i think so we've been in contact with them beyond that no we don't really have many like people in the cruising community yet but definitely hoping to make some connections and that'll change yeah yeah Yeah. once once you get out there that'll change quick it seems like a lot of people out there now are are, um recording their travels and putting up on youtube you guys just started recently doing that what was the inspiration for that (laughs) mostly i want to say that was kind of lizzie's idea (laughs) but you know i've been a big fan of uh, one of the biggest uh, sailing YouTube channels, uh, SV Delos, for a long time. Um, uh-huh. And I think, I don't know, partially we're just kind of doing it out of the enjoyment of it and is kind of just making keepsakes for us and our family to kind of documenting our our little journey of getting the boat. But what do you think, Lizzie? Yeah, I mean, I always have enjoyed that kind of thing like when I was in high school I did a little like kind of video editing and then as a musician like would make music videos and edit music and and whatnot and I've always just kind of enjoyed tinkering with that stuff on the computer and it seems like a good opportunity to do that and yeah like Trev said it's sort of like the ultimate home movies you know that that everyone can have access to very easily so we're not I mean we're not really expecting it to go anywhere necessarily or you know I don't think we're trying to make it a a huge thing it's it's mostly just for us and for our friends and family and i'm whoever very camera else. shy Trev's, Trev's, i think you do great on camera though <laughs> he, he doesn't think he does but it's fun to watch you but you're both both enjoyable oh, good. trev with your comments every uh <laughs> <laughs> your, your interjections here and there <laughs> um but i think that's the right attitude i mean i since you mentioned sv delos i remember listening to an interview with i don't remember which one of them but he was saying look, we didn't start out to do this Mm -hmm. to make money or get followers. And if anybody's in it for that reason, they should forget it because it's, you know, we do it because we enjoy it. Now, that's how I feel about this podcast. I mean, I do it because it's an excuse for me to reach out and talk to people and learn things. Yeah. And I mean, it's like if you dedicated your entire life to it, you know, maybe, you know, if I literally spent a full time, a full work week working on that, maybe it would go somewhere. But like, I also have a job, so... (laughs) 
yeah. a job. And then it's always, I mean, there's a balance, right? How much are you enjoying it for yourself? Right. And how much are you thinking about, oh, I've got to shoot this so that I can share Yeah, it. and we actually always comment when we watch Delos now is that, you know, they have to lug all that equipment around now. And like, it's I'm sure it's great for them. And, and it's awesome that they've made that their lives. But you think about like rolling up to a place and the first thing you have to think about is like, oh, I have to shoot all this stuff as opposed to, oh, what a nice speech. Let's go enjoy it. Yeah. Well, what do you guys hope to be shooting in the future and sharing? What is your What are your dreams? Oh, man. I would love to go to the South Pacific. I think we'd both love to see Australia, New Zealand. I mean, I have big dreams. We also have joked, which I don't know if it's a joke anymore, but we've joked about sailing all the way like round to Croatia again and then selling the boat in Croatia and buying a house there. Maybe we could film all of that and then film renovating our our house in Croatia. I mean, I want to go everywhere. I want to I want to see as much as we can. How you guys see supporting yourself along the way? It's always the question that people want to know. How are they mm-hmm. how are they making this work for, with money? So I currently already work remotely. Um, I'm a software engineer right now, and I I'm like fully remote. I work full time, but. My plan is to sort of transition that into freelance work, whether that be coding or I'm actually starting to do a little writing now, like technical writing and some some blogging about code on the side. So I'm hoping to get that to a point by the time we leave that I can support us a fair amount. Beyond that, I think working as and when we can, if we have to take six months to stay in a place and, and work, that's fine. Yeah, Lizzie, it's been really amazing uh, working our ass off to be able to work remotely and support us in that way. I'm definitely still trying to figure it out. Um, I work in the cannabis industry at the moment and don't see a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, transferable skills there. But uh, I figure I can, worst case scenario, or not worst case, but, you know, I can always do some good old manual labor and start there. But yeah, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Well, there's like those couple uh, Project Atticus, I guess, who are kind of doing that. They pick up work in marinas that they are staying in or as and when they can. And seems that seems to work for them. There are, there are a couple of skills that uh, I've always thought about getting trained up in just so that you could cruise from place to place refrigeration always seems to be yeah. one mm-hmm. i know i really kick myself <laughs> i mean not really because i'm here today but my dad is a great electrician and growing up i was like oh i don't want to do that and now i'm like wow that's a really useful skill should have uh picked that up along you the way still can there's still time i was gonna say working on the boat you're gonna get, yeah. <laughs> get to be a good 12 volt yeah. electrician quickly yeah. so or diesel mechanic working on the on the engine, mm-hmm. you know, you get all the, that's the wonderful thing about owning a boat is you, you quickly have to hone these skills, mm-hmm. especially if you're in remote places. Yeah. Since we're talking finances, you guys mentioned that you thought about buying a boat like about four years before you actually found the boat mm-hmm. you wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about having that goal and saving towards that goal. Yeah. How did you make that happen? Yeah. Yeah, we moved back to Santa Cruz and really, you know, got a a pretty inexpensive, tiny little house. We actually joke that the boat will be the first 
place that we've cohabited together that actually has doors between rooms. We've never had doors before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that'll be nice. But yeah, we just really put our heads down and and tried to save as much as possible for the last couple of years while we were looking for the boat that we wanted. And you know that the boat goalposts kind of kept moving because we would find something that was uh, on the cheaper side and be like, okay, we can be totally happy with this or then you you find a more expensive boat that has a feature that you really like and you get excited for that so it's kind of like moving back and forth constantly and i just feel really lucky that we ended up finding one in our little hometown here yeah but yeah i mean we did both really just kind of once we had decided all right this is what we're doing we we both just started working towards it i mean i like I said, we were both musicians before this, and I—I I mean, I literally quit music and went through a coding boot camp to become a software engineer, mostly so that I could buy this boat. Like I was like, "All right, you know, we got to make this work somehow." Like I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna work at it. And Trev started working his job full time as well, and just yeah. Um, wow. We—we've just uh, been really focused on it. It wasn't always the most—I uh, don't know. I feel like we were pretty. Uh, what do you call it? Austere there for a while. Yeah, I mean, I drive right. uh, the same car that I've been driving for 10 years. It's a 1991 Honda Civic. It's a piece, but, you know, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it feels all all worth it now that we made it happen. So, yeah, pretty stoked. Congratulations. Thanks. That's Thanks. awesome. Thank you. Do you guys still play music? <sighs> Not so much anymore. No, it's funny. People ask us that and, like... People would be like, oh, you guys must miss it so much. I feel like we will. We once will. Once we're on the yeah. boat, like, you have so much more, well, I'm not going to say so much more free time, but yeah, you just have some, some time of sitting around where you need things to do, and I feel like I'll definitely kind of pick it back up and yeah. enjoy it more as a hobby rather than as a way to make not very much money. Yeah. I'm actually really take... I'm really excited to film music videos on the boat. I have I have some ideas. I'm very I'm very excited to to film. So, yeah. Yeah, so the truth comes out. You <laughs> you really just bought a boat so you'd have so a I could film music videos on <laughs> it. Backdrop for music videos. <laughs> oh man. No, but but I'm uh, it's not a downside for sure. <laughs> so you'll take some instruments with you when you head south. Ubiquitous ukulele for sure. For sure, and maybe a couple yeah. hand drums and I don't know, a guitar maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my brother also is a really excellent guitar player. So if he ever does kind of come and and sail with us or whatever, he'll he'll for sure bring his guitar. Well, this has been great talking to you guys, and um, I want to congratulate you on getting this far in in the dream, having the boat, a lovely boat. It's a Morgan Thirty Eight. Is that forty three? Right? Well, 43, it's, okay. It's quite large. Sorry, 43. <laughs> yeah, nice big boat. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having us. This has been really fun. If you want to see any of Trev and Lizzie's videos, you can just go to YouTube and search for SV Loki. That's spelled L-O-K-I. I think they have about five videos up at the moment. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Shaw, host and producer of the show. As always, until next week, smooth sailing.